Hey everyone, happy 2017. It's Paul Durham, Telling Lies to Children. This is the first podcast of the new year. Hope you made it through the holidays. It's coming up on February 28th. I have a paperback book coming out. The Luck Ugly's Rise of the Ragged Clover will be out on February 28th. Uh, That's in paperback. The hardcover's already out there. Uh, It's in the libraries and bookstores and online and all those great places where you can find uh, find books. Um, But if you haven't picked it up yet and you've been waiting because you wanted that paperback because it was a little bit cheaper, uh, February 28th, be out everywhere. Hope you will uh, pick it up if you haven't done so already. And uh, on today's uh, today's podcast episode, I am joined by my friend uh, Dana Allison Levy. She's a fellow middle grade author. You may know her uh, from her first novel, The Misadventures of the Family Fletcher. Um, all kinds of uh, great reviews by the uh, New York Times and the uh, Boston uh, Globe and all sorts of great places, star reviews. Uh, she's uh, really talented and super funny. Um, she's got a new book coming out uh, this coming May. I caught her a little bit early. Uh, and that book is called This Would Make a Good Story Someday. And we just uh, got together at uh, my personal favorite bookstore, Water Street Books, and uh, told some stories ourselves. And it was really, uh, it was a really great time. Uh, I think you'll enjoy the podcast. I certainly had a good time. I think I laughed more in this podcast than I have in any of my earlier episodes. So um, thanks for joining me. After the break, it's me and Dana Allison Levy. Shh. Are the kids gone? Good. It's time for Telling Lies to Children with me, your host, Paul Durham. This is a first-of-its-kind podcast, one hosted by a children's author, that's me again, but intended for adults who live and breathe children's literature, that's you. Whether you're a librarian, a media specialist, a teacher, or a parent, we all work with children every day. But sometimes, it's nice to talk like adults with adults who share our love of children's books and publishing. I'll be chatting with editors at the world's biggest publishing houses, literary agents, award-winning authors, booksellers, librarians, and even young readers. Join me and my guests as we give you a candid, behind-the-scenes look at children's publishing, the business of telling lies to children. But only the best kinds of lies, of course. Welcome, and I hope you enjoy the show. talking for like 25 minutes. I know, but that was the good stuff. Now we'll talk about that. was the good stuff. Yeah. Now we're going to have now the good stuff that we can actually share. Stuff. Yeah. 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 So yeah. welcome to my podcast. Thanks for joining me. My pleasure. This is your first podcast? This is my first podcast. And you're, you've never even listened to a podcast, you just told me, a little while ago, right? right? I'm a little embarrassed by that, but that is the truth. <laughs> well. But I'm going to change that tonight. I'm going to I'm going to podcast. <laughs> I'm going to find one and I'm going to listen to it. So I um, don't feel bad because I, I never listened to any podcasts up until two years ago. Okay. Um, but that's two years. Like that's yeah, but that's, that's when people started listening no, to podcasts. They've been, people have been listening and doing podcasts for Unlike like, somebody with a Blackberry. Yeah. Well, I guess okay. All right. But that's all right. They still okay. work. They I'm still function. Start, right? I'm not sure they do anymore. I think yeah. they've just all died. They're, they're just yeah, dead. all of them are like paperweights. But anyway, so you podcasted two years ago. No, I no, I only podcasted in August, but I've been listening to podcasts okay. for a couple of years. And um like a lot of authors I'm completely antisocial. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and I realized I spent way too much time by myself just writing and thinking. Yeah. So this is like my little effort to sort of reconnect with... Leave the, the house. Yeah, leave the house. Yes. Reconnect with the community, people I've met. Mm-hmm. Um, Put on pants. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, occasionally. I mean, I'm wearing pants. He's wearing pants. It's, it's worth mentioning we're at we're at Water Street Bookstore. Which pantsed. Is, pantsed. Both of us are pantsed, and Alice, who works here, is pantsed. Yep, <laughs> it's chilly. It's also like 12 degrees yeah. out, so, you know. We're in New Hampshire, and it's January. Arctic January. Yeah. Um, so we are, uh, so, so yeah, here, here we are and, uh, and we're chatting and last time I saw you, it was not so cold. Didn't we run into each other at the beach? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And in fact, when I told, um, my family that I was driving to hockey tonight because I actually combined this with a carpool run, um, and said, this is this author who lives in Exeter, whose books we all love. Um, and it was my mom who said, didn't we see him at the Beach Plum? And we did. That's right. Yeah, yeah we both had kids in tow mm-hmm. and just completely we randomly. All, yep, been surfing and yeah. body surfing. Good for you. Do you guys surf? Is that what you... We, we, uh, some of us well and some of us less well. Less but yes, well. Do you we take, all do. Where do you, do you take lessons at? Like at Rye no, or I mean, I've taken a few lessons, mm-hmm. but at this point I'm just like, you know, throwing myself on a two-foot wave and hoping for the best. But both of my kids winter surf, so they oh, are up hardcore. at Janice and Rye yeah. in winter wetsuits, like like little seals with the hoods and the mitts and the whole thing. Right. I do not. Yeah. I stand on a beach with the nine and one dialed of nine one one, so that if necessary, <laughs> because I can't. It's not like I can go in the water after them. I no. mean, what you no. know, in January you're not much use. You know, running in in your down coat and sorrels, you're very much. Yeah. Yeah. It's stressful. We have certain rules about the yep. number of people who have to be in the water before they can get in and all the rest of it, but they yeah, love it. That makes sense. Well, good for them. Yeah, they're a little hardcore. Yeah. No, I wouldn't. I don't go near the water this time of year. Um, although, you know, I, I, I grew up around here mm-hmm. and as a kid, like their age, you know, mm-hmm. I'd be splashing playing in the water, even in, you know, obviously in the summertime. Yeah. And then I moved to Florida oh. <laughs> and I realized that water could I, be not bone chilling. Yeah, I was insane. <laughs> like what, why was I, why were my parents torturing me by putting me in this frigid oh, water as a kid? Yeah. yeah. But now I see my kids doing, I do the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I love it. I mean, we're in the, we're in the water all summer long, but, um, but yeah, no, the winter surfing I leave completely alone. Yeah. Good for you. In any event. So that was a lovely summer day, but now it's a lovely-ish winter day. It's a good time and to write. This is a good time to write. It's a good time to write. That's yeah. a nice way of spinning it. Right. So you started to tell me a little bit about what you've got, what you're working on now. Or, uh, let's start, let's let's go backwards. Let's go back. Uh, let's go back in time. Yes. Okay. Let's so when back. we first met, it was when our debut books were, yeah. were both published in the same year. Oh, we were so young and innocent. Weren't we? Now yes. we're all jaded and grouchy. We are and, grizzly and, and, <laughs> and jaded. And, <laughs> grizzly um, veterans. But books, but books galore, I mean, that was 2014, right? Yeah. So, um, and you had Luck Uglies and I had Misadventures of Family Fletcher, and that yep. was, it feels like a long time ago. It does. Well, I think it's, I always talk about the first year as like the mm. Wonder Year. Yeah. Yeah. Did you do like the obnoxious stuff like a lot of us did, where you were like reading Probably. reviews and like looking to see like Amazon numbers and all that awful crap? N- never Amazon numbers. Um, yeah. I put a Google alert on my name, mm-hmm. and then the first time it pinged was um, actually I was in Las Vegas because I had a writing conference, and then ALA was in Las Vegas that year, and I was like, oh. I have a I have an alert, and, and and it was a Goodreads review and not a nice one. Oh no! And my heart just dropped. And not only was it not a nice one, but it kind of touched on some of the. It wasn't like this book is stupid. I didn't like it. It was like this book is problematic for these reasons, and it yeah. it absolutely chilled my blood. And I was like, never again. So I took off the alert, and I honestly. Um, 
like after that, if somebody didn't send me a review saying, hey, Kirkus loves it, then I was not interested. Smart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. think that was, mm-hmm. it was wise. Because yeah. your, um, your books were, I mean, first of all, your books are the reviews, reviews. were all yeah, The right. reviews were all lovely for the most part. And yeah. Goodreads, I mean, you know, you, you're going to get people who say really nice things and people who it's say really board. crazy things. And um, every once in a while, a friend and I will, you know, after months had gone by, we would check each other's so that we could um, send along oh, any really filter, nice had, ones. Had, yes. Yeah, nice. which was yeah. kind of nice because, you know, both of us could use that little stroke. So, we, you know, I'd say you got the nicest, you know, six-paragraph review from somebody out in California who just adored it and deconstructed the characters and this and that, and she would do the same for me. And once she called me laughing so hard she was crying, she's like, you have to go on. You have to read the latest one star. <laughs> and, and in fairness, I still, I actually use it in my school presentations yeah. because, and I quote, the guy said... This is the kind of book that gives me hope, not because it's any good, but because it's so horrible that it makes me think that anyone can write a book. And then it went on from there, and he hated it with such a passion, not because of any of its content. Not He just, he thought it was boring, and he thought, but like, he was so incensed that it, it actually cracks me up every time I think about it. And you, you inspired him enough that he, he wasted his time yeah, writing a really nasty Yeah, really, given it his all yeah, about right. how bad it was. Right. And um, so that, that, you know, that's probably the last time I was on Goodreads. Yeah. I think yeah. that's fine. That's probably a good thing. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. There's, no, there's, no, there's no reason to linger on there. No. Um, too much. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so your books are, uh, they're, in, they're incredibly diverse. And they're, mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're so... Um, uh, they're so wonderful and inclusive, um, for lack of a better term. I'm sure I'm going to use the wrong words. Well, I think that one's okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, hope so. yeah. Yeah. Hope so. Yeah. No, I mean, they're, they're incredibly inclusive and they're, um, just, uh, compassionate and open and sort of everything that, that you sort of hope the way people would perceive the world to be and yeah. people could, could be in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, what an, this is kind of a big question. I, I, I hit you with the hard questions All now, right. but what, like, what, so what inspired you to, to to sort of go down that track? Obviously, with the, you know, in in Misadventures of Family Fletcher, you have the two fathers, mm-hmm. and you obviously you have um, you know, all the kids are, are are from different backgrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what like what inspired you to to write a book? Where did it come like, from? Yeah, where did it come from? <laughs> where did it come from? Um, so yeah, it is. It's a very um, mundane story in a way. It's a slice of life book. So nothing I say only semi jokingly. Nothing happens in that book. It's about a family. Starts on the first day of school, ends on the last day of school. It's mm-hmm. their everyday misadventures. It's you know fighting with a friend and um, you know having a hard time at school and trying out for a school play and you know very mundane things. There's no no zombies, no gargoyles, no nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, but those type of books are very hard to do well. But I mm-hmm. love those yeah. books growing yeah. up. Mm-hmm. I mean, those were some of my favorite stories growing up and. Uh, you know, books like um, The Four-Story Mistake by Elizabeth Enright or more recently The Penderwicks, um, yeah. of course, are, are these sort of slice-of-life everyday books. Um, so I've always loved them. I always reread them as a kid. You know, I just had a stack that I would read and read and read. Um, and so I wanted to write an everyday book, um, but I really, you know, the what-if, I always say mm-hmm. that, you know, those are the two best words an author can have in her arsenal, or what-if, you right. know, what if a boy is orphaned and finds out he's a wizard on his 11th birthday. You know, what if? Um, and for me, the what if was, what if this was, very... Was there, was there a popular book that had that? Uh, well, that, that... I was thinking of writing one. I don't want you to steal it, but I actually had this idea that yeah. could be big. I don't know. Right. Um, 
but but my what if was what if this slice of life everyday family story, these very comfortable stories that I loved growing up, reflected the kinds of families that live in my town, that are my neighbors, that go to school with my kids, that you know are our families, um, and so that really was how the Fletchers came to be. Was just this you know combination of really the story, the universal stories of of these families mixed with um, families that looked a little bit less traditional on the outside, but really were struggling with mostly the same the same stuff we're all struggling with as which a family. Is, which is the way the world really which works. Which it largely yeah. is the yeah. way the world works. And, you know, one of the things that I felt that it was really important to at least know as a, as a writer um, was that, of course, those families have their own unique struggles. Of course, every single day for them has its own challenges, and there are, you know, particular struggles if you're adopted, particular struggles if you're mixed race, particular struggles in a same-sex family. Mm-hmm. Um those are paths that those kids would be walking that's a little bit different. Um, and that wasn't the book I wanted to write, both because it's not my story to tell and also because, really, my goal was to to sort of wide-angle lens this family and look at their whole experience and how an aggregate it is so similar. Um, but I did feel a little bit concerned because my goal was never to say, you know, it's just the same as it is for you know, the family next door to them that looks like, you know, your 2.5 kids and, and uh, you know, two biological children and two, you know, uh, whatever you want to call it, heterosexual parents and what have you. So um, I feel like there there is a uniqueness. I tried to touch on it a little bit without making it the point of the story, mm-hmm. um, but I do feel like that's sort of someone else's story to tell. Yeah, um, yeah. If that makes sense. No, it makes, it, it makes a lot of sense. And, and obviously while acknowledging that there are real and, and serious differences there, mm-hmm. I think part of the reason why people have so such a difficult time with somebody who's different or looks different or acts different or loves somebody who's different than, mm-hmm. than what they perceive as being normal, mm-hmm. um, I think it's because they because sometimes they miss the point, which is that you know uh, two parents, regardless of their gender, are going to experience a lot of the same. Oh, there's going to be a lot yeah. of commonality as far as a lot of cat bar, a lot of soccer cleats. Exactly. You know, <laughs> exactly. we can all yeah. agree on this. Yeah. Nobody yeah. wants to clean up the cat. Right. No, that's not fun for anyone. No, it's not fun for anybody. Mm-hmm. And um, so the so we're the, so the family Fletcher made two appearances in mm-hmm. New York, right? Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, I got to bring them back and send them off to Rock Island, which yeah. was really fun. That was fun. Now, yeah. do, now do you um, do you, I know that you're in this spring you're moving on to some you have something else coming yeah, out. Yeah. Um, do you, are you are you sad to say goodbye to the the Fletchers or are I you ready? Am. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I you know I feel like. There are more stories I could tell about right. the Fletchers. I mean, I'm sure you feel the same way with your characters. You create this world, and you create these characters, and you can mm-hmm. envision them in these other scenarios. Um, and, I, you know, I, I wouldn't say that I... I certainly am not planning to write one right now, um, but, you know, not, I will... Not, not to ruin anything. You didn't kill them off, so they're still they're out n- there. They're still yeah. alive. Yeah. Spoiler yes. alert. Right. They're yeah. still all alive. Right. No right. zombies uh, right. apocalypse. But um, And I would love to write another another Fletcher story or two. I feel like there's sort of places I'd want them to go. In my perfect world, if I could wave a wand, there's probably three more mm-hmm. that, you know, in my mind I see them going to these very specific scenarios. Um, mm-hmm. And then I, I could sort of see it ending at that point because the kids would age out. Um, but as of now, as you know very well with publishing, you know, there's always a, we love it and we want your next thing, but we're not sure about more of this thing. Um, so, you know, Random House never said no, they just never said yes right now. Um, so we kind of hang it out there and, and see, um, so we'll see, we'll see. But meanwhile, yeah, the one that's coming out in the spring is definitely in the same vein in the sense that, um, 
it's again a slice of life. It's again silly. It's mm-hmm. again uh, realistic. You know, nonsensically realistic. Um, and uh, but it's girls. There's all these girls. It was lots of girls, which was fun. Yeah. Um, I have a son and a daughter, so I I get to eavesdrop and you know basically crib everybody's lives whenever they all come over. It comes in handy, doesn't um, it? It does. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't. In fact, I actually worry that when they age out of my books, you know, my material is going to dry up. I'm going to have to start <laughs> writing something else. Just go hang out. I'll, just hang I'll write kids about. about I'll have to write about cats because that's cats. what's going to be left there'll in my be, house. There'll be cat hanging the cats. Yeah. I'll be like, okay, we're going to go for the point of view with a cat in this one. My yeah. 2020 book's going to be a cat book because they'll all be sprung. We'll put that on the calendar. Yes. You can pitch out the random house. I now. actually think it would <laughs> yeah. be really, you know, there Victoria, uh, you know, Vicky Coe's books, which are Fenway and Hattie, mm-hmm. and they're from the point of view of the dog. And yeah. I, I love them, and I think they're adorable. I do not have a dog, though. I have cats. And I was like, boy, the cat would not be as cheerful. And it would be a pretty funny story. Yeah, they're different. They're different cats creatures. are a little... Yeah. Crappers, really. I mean, they're they're obnoxious. Well, you know, and of course, I have all sorts of interesting. Not that you wanted to hear any of this, but I have all sorts I of interesting facts about cats. Tell me, <laughs> well, what? tell well, me, Paul. <laughs> because because why that's why everybody tunes into my <laughs> podcast <laughs> to hear interesting facts about cats. But apparently, the cats are technically are not considered domestic animals. I believe it. Yeah, I mean, because there's there's a touch of feral in all. Yeah, in all they of that. are. I love. I mean, and yeah. we discuss the gloaming beast with some frequency around our house because we are cat folk and yeah. That character was just well, well, and, magnificent. And, yeah, well, and, and, glow, and the, glow, the gloaming beast was inspired by my um, by my big Maine Coon. Cat. I was going to say Maine <laughs> yeah. Coon because really, yeah. yeah, that I that I have at home. But also, it, it, back to my cat facts. <laughs> 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 I feel like this whole thing is yeah. going to take a different yeah. turn. You shouldn't have brought them up. No, but what I what I found fascinating about cats and why I sort of tied them to the idea of gloaming beasts is that I was reading one of these you know completely depressing books about what would happen if like there were no human beings left on Earth and and sort of what Just would happen at this point. Possibly optimistic yeah. is the best case <laughs> scenario like, at this stage. <laughs> which which is yeah, right? It's not entirely out of the realm of possibility. Right. But if there were suddenly no people left and you were just left with infrastructure and animals, um, they said that one of the side effects would be that um, the population of birds would be reduced drastically and dramatically because of all the cats who would go out and And actually start and kill kill all the birds. Um, Hmm. Because cats are apparently one of the few animals that will um, hunt not for food, but just for whatever psychotic pleasure they get out of doing it. Really? Oh, that's disturbing. Yeah. (laughs) See, I had heard that about minks. I mean, minks are minks. animals that kill for fun. Right. And I always thought that was the best argument I had heard for a mink. <laughs> but <laughs> not that I have one, but you right. could. Um, right. But I hadn't heard that about cats, and honestly, I'm a little disturbed. Yeah. No, cats are, uh, cats are, that's why when they bring you a snake or a mouse, they yeah, oftentimes so they don't pleased. eat it, but yeah. they're very proud of themselves yeah. to, to show off what they, what they have, uh, what they've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, those are cats. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to make sure that this is still recording because my iPad's doing something funny here. Is it going to play music? I don't know why it's doing that. Hmm. The good thing about this is now I can, now that I know how to add stuff, I can go in and chop all this part out. About the cats? It's, no, no, I'm going to leave the cats in. Oh. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving the... Uh, I'm leaving oh, the, te- the, the concern about technology. Yeah, the funny right. thing is I usually just leave the technical difficulties in there anyway. Yes. It makes more, is this it makes thing it, on? It is makes this it, thing on? It makes it more folksy. Yes. Yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> exactly. It's the New Hampshire. As opposed to amateurish. Yeah. No, folksy. No. It's all in the branding. Ex- ex- the exactly, branding. folksy. That's what, that's what we do. So, um, so yeah, so, so cool stuff coming up for 2017. And yes. 
you are in the process of writing something else which you can or can't talk about whatsoever. Uh, I can or you don't not want to maybe. really. Yeah. I mean, so so I'm I can say that it would it's another middle grade. Mm-hmm. Um, it is um, a little bit a little bit older, and unlike the so I would say that the one that's coming out, which is called This Would Make a Good Story Someday, is is definitely more Fletcher esque than this new one. Mm-hmm. This new one is is kind of an, a different thing. Zombies. Um, it's zomb- <laughs> there is the zombie apocalypse. No, there is not the zombie apocalypse, but it, it but it's it's. Um, feeling that way at the moment. No, it's yeah. real it is realistic fiction still. What I'm finding is odd and I do, you know, my my kids are now 13 and 15 and so when I started writing The Family Fletcher, which was not as we discussed, um that was not the first book I ever tried writing. Mm-hmm. Um I tried writing a YA talk about bad timing. It was Mermaids. It was actually a really lovely mermaid story, but it was post the creature wave, you know, the vampire uh-huh. werewolf thing that happened hard it was it was not put, put in a sh- it'll come back around it might yeah. it might and yeah. i will say i really did dig these mermaids but um yeah. in any event um so but then when i read it, started writing the misadventures of the family fletcher the kids were you know i don't know eight and ten or mm-hmm. thereabouts so they were like right in that wheelhouse yep. and um and now they're th- 13 and 15 so they're not which is fine i mean i don't write only for them but um but this book it's odd i find that it's aging itself up i keep having to like realize that my characters who are supposed to be in 6th grade are are creeping toward 8th grade and i keep having to beat them back because um, yeah because if you say 13 all bets are off in the in the publisher world well yeah that's you. the that's yeah, the right. yeah that's the coffin of <laughs> yeah. doom you know it's like 13 we're going to put you in the crypt because who reads that right i mean is it middle grade is it ya yeah, basically um, if you put 13 in your manus- in your middle grade manuscript it's worse than putting like an f bomb in there yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, well so. i think i have one of those in this draft too but that's okay that's why we edit that's why right. we edit right. um i actually as a funny aside i i <laughs> i swear a lot actually i know you, you've toned it down for the podcast um, since I we started have, recording i have indeed I and would, i have not had a chance to, to put an explicit label on anybody yet well, and, I, and i was hoping that it was going to be you oh but. well i can <laughs> no doubt i can manage that but i'm trying not to but in any yeah. event my drafts are always like a little littered and then i have to go back and um so you don't filter your drafts when it comes to that? You just no. Uh, well, I do up to a point. I mean, when you're writing middle grade, for the most part, they're not dropping F-bombs, right? right? So that's what I mean when I say these characters. Although I will tell you, and you know as well as I do, that mm-hmm. you, you know there are plenty of 10- and 11-year-olds who are happy, especially among their friends. And it's not so yeah. much that they're dropping the F-bomb, but there's like... Yeah, but they like the. You're a d bag. You're being a dick. You're being a. You know, like these are. This is the language of of middle grade. Except it can't be the language of middle grade. So I have to, you know. But I mean, really, when was the last time a really angry eleven year old boy called the other really angry eleven year old boy a jerk? Yeah, nineteen sixty one, maybe. <laughs> and so, and so, but that's what we're left with is how to come up with a way to realistically show this kid is really mad. He wants to say something transgressive. But you can't put it on paper, right. um, which I struggle with because, uh, you know, in my drafts, that, that's the kind of stuff. It's not so much the F-bombs. Those are no, right. thinner on the ground for, right. the, for the middle grade. But there are, there are words that definitely will not be in a final draft because there's no publisher who would be comfortable with it, yeah. which is understandable. Yeah, but, you, but at the same time, you want it to be authentic. Yeah, yeah. well, that's, mm-hmm. the, that's the funny thing, right? Yeah. I mean, that's the, the, that's the knife edge we walk is um, how to be authentic and yet respect sort of the boundaries for what's middle grade and what's not. Yeah. Um, do you know Kate Messner's uh, Seventh Wish? Uh, I 
haven't read. No, I, I haven't read it yeah. yet either. Um, but it's you know relatively new, and it's a it's a, a story about and it's about magic, and it's about ice skating, and it's about families, and mm-hmm. it's about a family that is really broken apart because a sibling has a significant. I think it's a sibling um, opioid addiction, mm-hmm. and that book. You know, and she's so she's an incredibly well regarded author, mm-hmm. and she's written so many great books that my kids have loved and I've loved. But and it's handled delicately, and it's a reality. I right. mean, this is unfortunately a major reality, and it got all kinds of pushback from you know well meaning teachers and librarians who said, "I don't want my kids to be asking questions about this. I don't want them to be worrying about this. I don't want." It's like unfortunately. That's not our choice, and they are worrying about it because it's in their communities and it's in their families and it's in their extended families and it's in their neighborhoods. And, you know, we are in an epidemic, and therefore the fact that it's handled really gracefully and beautifully in this middle-grade book is is okay. Um, but isn't it interesting but, how, how that's a problem, and yet they'll have, like, sort of the graphic cartoonish violence of, yeah. of like... And again, I'm not throwing Hunger Games under the bus, no. but, but when I go to school visits and I'm talking to fifth and sixth graders, they're reading the Hunger Games. I know. Now, there's no profanity that I can really recall mm-hmm. in the Hunger Games, no. but the whole concept is of putting kids in an arena and having them kill each other. Kill each other, yeah. And that's... Not cool, not, yeah. man. <laughs> right. Not yeah. cool. Yeah, no. This, is, this yeah. has absolutely baffled me forever. And in yeah. fact, another series that I really like, which is... Um, Ashfall, do you know uh, Mike Mullins' Ashfall with the super volcano that are, it's talk about a what if? What if a super volcano right. in Yellowstone erupts and covers the entire country yep. with, you know, two feet of ash and the sun doesn't shine and people are. I mean, the violence in that mm-hmm. is in. It's it's a great series. First of all, really well drawn characters and um, interesting, interesting what if and, um, you know, just all kinds of cool stuff happens. Cool science behind it. But the violence is intense. I mean, there's like gouging out an eye and graphic and, you know. And yeah. then there's also a couple, a teenage couple, a boy and a girl who find each other and they save each other and they fight and they get back together and they are together and they're together for months and they're together and together and together and eventually they want to have sex. Mm. And that's the, the point where librarians were like, no way. And furthermore, they want to have protected sex because they're like living in the apocalypse, so they're really aware that it would be a big deal to... Was it, was that a, middle, was it a middle grade It was book? upper middle grade YA, mm-hmm. you know, right on that, that line. Blurry, yeah, that kind of blurry But it, line. Was, it was so, you know, to me, if if you're on that line and nobody's complaining about the graphic gouging yeah. out of the eyeball, yeah. then the fact that somewhere late in the game, the two characters who have been, you know, together, respectful, engaged, working toward a, you know, life together, right. are like trying to consummate their relationship. I mean, it just struck me as really peculiar because, and him too. I mean, he wrote, this in this series a couple of years old now. Um, I guess a number of years old. But in any event, um, I mean, he wrote a, he wrote a, a post, I remember, back back when I blogged. <laughs> back when I read blogs and did blog. And, you do yeah. blog. You currently blog. I, I've I read rant. no recent blog. I, yeah. <laughs> but they're well um, written. If they're rants, they're, they're very well written rants, I would say. Thank you. They um, Clearly, I had a lot to say for a little while there. Um, oh. But uh, in any event, he wrote something to the effect of, I write dirty books. And then he goes into his eye gouging and the fact that everybody's filthy all the way through the books and whatever. And then he sort of had an, oh, yeah, and also. But yeah. really, on the scheme of what I'm writing about, this is what you're going to worry and I've, I've respected him for that because to me it was really one of those like it, it couldn't have been you know more delicately handled and yeah. you know so much else was going on in this series that was pretty intense that you know could be problematic if you had kids who were squeamish or kids who got scared or kids you know anyway. right. Right. middle grade 
It's interesting, yeah. I mean, but yeah. it runs the gamut too. I mean, it depends on what you're trying to. I guess it depends what you're trying to accomplish. I mean, if you're if you're writing, you know, fantasy or sci-fi, you can get away with a lot more than if you're writing mm. something that's realistic. I mean, especially yeah. on the violence front. Yeah. Um, I was especially with the Luck Ugly. I was very, very cognizant of how I portrayed violence. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was obviously violence in it, mm-hmm. but I, and I don't remember, but. I don't think I ever really said somebody... I don't think I ever used the word somebody died mm. <laughs> or that somebody got killed. You know what I mean? Everything was sort of either by implication. And right. Part of it because I was writing for my kids and they were right. on the younger end at the time. Yeah. So I was sort of tiptoeing. Like, I wanted to... You know, I wanted to convey some Well, urgency. the stakes felt real. Yeah. I mean, you know, and I'm trying to remember now, yeah. especially toward the later one, I feel like. Yeah, it got darker. I mean, yeah. it got, yeah, yeah, it got, it got, Certainly it got darker. You have to raise the stakes as you, you know, that's yeah, how you know, somebody it, has to die. Yeah. Right, exa- exactly. <laughs> Someone had to go, and, yeah. I've, and believe me, I've gotten complaints about <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> about, about who went. But, um, um, but yeah, it is, an, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting balancing act with, yeah. with, that, with that stuff. But I feel like, People like me who write fantasy and stuff that's less realistic, mm-hmm. they, for whatever reason, they give us more room to yeah. to play with than somebody like you who's writing very more realistic. yeah uber realistic. It's funny. Yeah. I'm remembering in the first book in the edits there were two minor edits that I remember my editor made. One was after the debacle over uh, Thanksgiving dinner, where Dad was the one who's not usually the cook, and Dad was the one left trying to make the entire meal. Right. And, you know, everybody's crying, and they're burning things, and it's all going. And at the and so as it, it, it sort of switches the scene, and he's lying on the couch with a pillow over his head and a glass of wine on the floor next to him, and my editor said, can you remove the glass of wine? And I thought... Okay, in fairness, what's it serving? Right. What what kid needs to know that he's got a glass of wine next to him on the couch? But, right. you know, it also just struck me as a little funny. And then there was another point where I had a slight dig at the school principal, mm-hmm. you know, and... Your fictitious school my principal. School, my yeah. fictitious <laughs> yes. school principal yeah. who has a, has a four-line, you know, appearance after right. Jackson and, and his friend get in a fight... And she asked me, she said, it, it sounds like, she sort of said it sounds like you're, you know, I don't, she didn't say mocking the principal or, or disagreeing, but she, she sort of basically said, you sound disrespectful of the principal, and I don't, you know, is there a reason we need to keep that? And the reason that I had had it was that I was annoyed at the principal at my kid's school, <laughs> and I was feeling snarky about it. So, no, there was no wanna, reason we you, had to... You want to name him or her now? No, yeah. And that's another... <laughs> no, but I will say in the one I'm writing now, the principal is truly the bad guy. So yeah. uh, so take that, yeah. editor, in 2013. Right. You sure showed... Yeah, me. yeah. Um, but, yeah, but it was interesting that those were the things that struck her as like, yeah, let's not... Um, right. But it, that was kind of cool. Yeah, the editing process is funny. I mean, it's yeah. having you know when you go through it a few times, you it and it's. I'm always surprised by what will trigger a comment and what mm-hmm. won't. And um, like there are some things in my drafts, I'm like, oh, I know they're going to say something about this, and nothing. It's yeah. Either it, they don't catch it or they just don't care. It right. Phase right. And then there's stuff. And I'm, re- I'm like, really, this is a, this, this is, is where you want to yeah, yeah, yeah what use your energy. Worried about yeah. Um, I mean, but you know, editors are trying to do what they yeah. What well, they and do. all three. So I've had two editors for my three current books that are either out or almost out, and all three books have been incredibly lightly edited. Yeah, like basically copy edited. Yeah, like I'm hoping that they're not awful because well, I clearly the first two are not awful. You have yeah, you well, have they're some outside. Yes, yeah, yeah, they're, so, out, so, they're out. They're yeah. out there for better or for worse. But um, but really, they were not um. They were not heavily edited, and I really, I have mixed feelings, because on one hand, I'm sure this shocks you, I'm opinionated, and 
proprietary no, about no. my <laughs> um, I know it's weird yeah. to imagine, but yeah, believe it or not, I can shy push violent. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, but you know, the idea that somebody would come in guns blazing and be like, change this and change this, and I don't like this arc, and you've got to, you know, this is too. I'm sure I would get all prickly and you know feel very affronted, and right. then either come to realize that they were right or push back and have a battle over it, depending. Um, but the flip side is that, you know, I'll read, and I, do you read the acknowledgments in every book you ever read? No. Really? No. In fact, I almost, I almost oh. never, in fact, well, do you have acknowledgments in your book? Yes, of course. In every book? Yes. Do you? Long, rambling yeah. acknowledgments. All right, I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I put oh. acknowledgments at the end of my series, but I didn't do oh, them in the Oh, no, other. I did I them in every book. Yeah. But I guess I also haven't had that, so, I mean, even the first and second Fletcher, I didn't know there was going to be a second one. Right. First. But, um... Right. But I love acknowledgement. I mean, I have to thank everybody. And no, I, I think it's nice. It's, it's nice you know, for the acknowledgements, I guess. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just me nattering on. But in any event, I always read the acknowledgements okay. of every book yeah. because I'm nosy about people, oh, yeah. about <laughs> the authors themselves. So first of all, I want to know who right. their editors were and who their agents were if I right. don't know. Right. And then I want to know who their writing partners were because mm-hmm. if they're YA or middle grade authors, I'm like, oh, really? So yeah. you co- you know, you beta read for so-and-so. And I do you have writing partners? I do. I do. Yes, we'll come back to that in one okay. second. Because my third point is sometimes in the acknowledgments, people will say, you know, and thanks to Jane Smith, my editor, who, you know, without whose magic touch, this book would still be a pile of, you know, gibberish. And mm-hmm. she molded it, and this book is as much hers as mine. And really, and I think, Jane Smith, what would it be like to work with you? Because I can't imagine. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I'm not throwing my editors under the bus. I mean, they, you know, I have turned in, I tend to turn in really good first drafts. I, I'm not to pat myself on the back, yeah, but, but I tend to write be. really yeah. for, you know, I, I get it. When I say really good first drafts, the draft that goes to my editor is something I feel is pretty close to done. It's mm-hmm. not like I'm handing them this sort of mess and being like, see if you can make something are, happen out of this. Are they surprised when they get it? Do you, do you, do you get the sense that they're, 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 well, probably at this point, they're not as surprised by how clean your drafts are? Yeah, but, no, yeah. I think I think not. Um, so, but I don't, but that's my only experience, right? So I don't know what it mm. would be like, whether I would turn in an equally clean draft to a bunch of different editors and they would, you know, absolutely reshape it in their own vision or whether I would turn in a hot mess to my former editor and she'd be like, pretty good, let's fix these commas and send it on its way. I'm going to hope not. And I, again, um, you know, she was terrific. But um, yeah, so I, so I count on my writing partners to do a lot of that heavy lifting. And maybe if I didn't have them, my editor would have to, um, and maybe my editor would, and maybe my editor wouldn't um, because different editors have very different editorial styles. Well, I think, you know, from different writers I've talked to, um, I, I I tend to not get a whole lot of comments in my drafts either, mm-hmm. with the exception of one book. My middle book was, a, I guess, a hot mess, admittedly. Yeah. Um, the middle book of the series. Yeah. Well, um, that's and it was also part of was timing, because it was like a real fast turnaround, and yeah. I had to collapse the concept for two different books into one, and so oh, that, wow. that was, there was different issues going on there. Um, but I tend to I tend to write I guess pretty clean drafts mm-hmm. and I think obviously like all of us we get better at it the yeah. more you've done it. Yeah. Um, but have you always? I mean, have you always? You probably have always. Been. I mean, you probably you know you're a craft person. You 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 probably take painstaking care to make sure that every every manuscript you put together. If you're like me, you're yeah. that you're terrified. You're gonna you're gonna turn it into your editor and they're gonna be like, this is the worst yes. piece of We're garbage I've ever. Yeah, yeah. This? <laughs> what <laughs> right. is wrong with you? Like, yes, there's yeah. a little of that, and yeah. I am, and it's funny because I think if anything, it's some authors I know. I think get worse in the sense that they start to have more confidence 
First of all, something's already sold, yeah. which is very different when you're spit polishing it right. and like, please love it, mm-hmm. send it out in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you know something's sold, you're quicker to send in something that's a little messy and be like, fix it, yeah, or fix or it. it's on, it's due. So yeah. here you go. We got to work with it as it is. Yeah. Um, or even if it's not, you know, if for some authors, I think if if they're not, um, even if it's not sold, and even if you know they're just confident enough that even a rough draft it's like you know what i can do mm-hmm. i've written these seven extraordinary books this is my idea this is the bones of my idea yeah take it or leave it you know which right. which is not where i am at and maybe never will be where i feel but yeah. um i don't know that i would you know but you're, but you're obviously turning you're obviously turning in great you're obviously the uh, author of the style that you turn in really strong drafts you know yeah. your first drafts aren't like rambling sort of messes yeah. with just loose ideas that aren't really connected and you know so mm-hmm. Because otherwise you wouldn't have that limited amount of feedback, I and mean, right. it wouldn't be so close. Yeah. Um, so and that's that's good. I mean, it's a different. I don't. Do, do you do you? Does it take you a long time to write a first draft? It really doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say the one thing I've learned. So selling a book before I've written it is something that I've now done. Um, it's kind of twice. nice, right? it's, and it's, it's a not, mix. Yeah, I mean, yeah. on one hand, you get a check before you've written anything, and that's right. really exciting. And on right. the other hand, you got a check, and you have to write something. Have to write something yeah. um, and the the book that is coming out in um, in the spring, I sold on on a pitch, and um, actually, I sold on an open concept, which mm-hmm. uh, which was also you know just the idea that we would come up with something. Yeah. And so then I floated something by my editor, and they were like, "No, not not this one." And I was like, "Okay." And I floated something else by, and they were like, probably not that either. And I was, mm. Okay, and these were just ideas. I mean, they weren't, you know. Right. And then I floated this third idea, and they were like, yes, or maybe the third and a couple others, and they were like, yes, this one, that's the one. Right. I was like, great, that one, that sounds really fun. And mm-hmm. so it is really fun. It's about this family, um, actually, sort of semi-tiny spoiler alert. So anybody who hasn't read the first Fletcher <laughs> book, you'll know that Frog had an imaginary friend named Ladybug. Spoiler alert, she's actually real. So, so sorry. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> sorry, people. But um, in any event, this book is Ladybug's family. Oh, cool. So it's told from the point of view of Ladybug's 12-year-old sister in journal entries and emails to friends back home and whatnot. So um, you get used to- even I'm playing not, in that sandbox. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of cool that you you can still tie the yeah you can tie the, the universes together. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same world. Yeah, it is. The I, same I, I always world. think that's kind of cool. I, yeah, well, yeah. I love it when books do that when yeah. there's Easter eggs like little. So right. in other words, you know, Ladybug is sending postcards all through the book to Frog, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, so there's but that's about the extent of the Fletcher involvement. But um, in any event, it's a so it's it's this girl Sarah's uh, book really and her family and she's got two sisters. And two moms, and her sister's partner, who's this environmental activist whose name is Root, who's like hapless and hilarious to write. And um, they're on a train trip. They're on a cross-country train trip that they were not planning to be on, but one of her moms won this opportunity, and so off they all go for the month of the summer on this cross-country train. It sounded fun. It sounded like hijinks and hilarity, and it was all going to be sort of epistolatory. Is that how you say that word? Beats me. You're the smart one. With the the kind of book that's all letters and notes and stuff like that, that kind of book. So I thought that would be really fun and playful to... It was such a bear to write. It tried to kill me like yeah. seven different times. It was a great idea. I had no plot. Mm-hmm. I had no conflict. I had, I mean, and there was no idea too bad for me to throw at the wall when I was trying to. So I had sold this. They had sent me a check. I had pitched it. They wanted it. They had put, you know, 
and I could not get started on this book for. And then I got started, and I got started wrong, and so I backed the car up and got around and started again, and got into a tar pit and backed it up again. I mean, it was just a pain in the neck, and yeah. so that scarred me a little bit. And so one thing I will say is that, um, you know, when I sold, so I've, I've once again because I'm an idiot sold a book on a proposal, but this time even though I gave them, like, a two-page pitch, mm-hmm. I had a chapter-by-chapter chapter outline Outlines, because yeah. I was, like, I needed to know not just that I had a full idea, not just a starting point, mm-hmm. but, like, what was going to happen because I felt so completely flummoxed by how badly it had gone the last time. Um, so the book that is coming out, I hated writing it, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, um, when a box of ARCs arrived, advanced reader copies arrived uh, this fall, I was like, <laughs> like I was nodding. <laughs> Nobody told me they were coming, and they were a little bit earlier. <laughs> so I was like, like, what the hell is a big box? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, Someone's going to jump And out. it's a great cover. I mean, it really, the same artist who did the other two covers. And so I was like, so I read it, and um, and in the first few pages, I was like, "Yep, I didn't like this book." And then you know what? This is the good part. I liked it. Yeah. I actually was like, you know what? This is a charming story. This is not that bad. This is not should not be burnt on fire. Um, so that made me feel much better about the fact that I was going to have to like own it. You know, like right. you know, yeah. at least acknowledge that I'd written it. Because before I'd been like, maybe nobody will know. <laughs> maybe I can just keep quiet and the whole thing will go It'll under just, the radar. Just and and we'll just move yeah. on to a 2018 book and we can just pretend that, you know, that never happened. But then I read it and it's not as bad as I feared. So, um, which is a hell of an endorsement. Let me there back up. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> it's not awful. What's this masterpiece that's coming out? <laughs> We're I'm going sure. to call it not awful. I'm sure it's going to be I'm sure um, it's going to be great. But it did give me a little cautionary tale about selling a book without really fleshing out an idea in your head because that was unpleasant. It's interesting. So I, I'd be curious to see how you, now that you, you said the, the, the one you're working on right now, you have a chapter mm-hmm. by chapter online. Mm-hmm. And it's going great guns until I you know stopped writing in mid-October because of right. things. But now, right. now it's going. I mean, I write 2,000 words a day usually. And that's, that's you know I'm chugging along. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Well, it's funny. Now I did a similar thing. My my uh, next book I sold. I did a chapter by chapter outline mm-hmm. for the proposal, and I thought. Did you turn that in? Um, it was part of the. It was part of this. Just the submission process. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I turned it in, but no one was going to hold me to it. Right. Um, but in my eyes, I was like. Now I always I wrote all my other books by the seat of my pants. I didn't have any. Oh. I don't outline oh. any of that stuff. So mm-hmm. I was like um, cancer. This is, and I'm wearing pants, and pants I, and I, yeah. there you go. Um, but I was like, this is going to be easy because I have it all, and yeah. it was so hard. Oh, <laughs> because I was like, it took for me in some ways, did it, it took did all it? the magic out oh, of it. Interesting. Um, now, it, now I'm really happy with it, the way it turned out, yeah. and I'm, I'm really thrilled with it. But as I was writing it, I'm like, I already know what's going to happen. Like, I don't want to, it, this, oh, it sort of took so the fun out of it. Oh, so interesting. Yeah, it was so yeah. much more fun just to not know what I was doing. I, um, I totally respect that, and I would, lo- I can't, I can't quite imagine what it would be like to write that way. I, I would love to try sometime. I've always, I've always outlined. You're, I mean, you're always better, I think. I don't right. know. Yeah. I love the idea of being as surprised as the readers. Like, who knew that there was going to be a dolphin here? Like, <laughs> Which is interesting. I mean, it does. It sounds fascinating. Yeah. Well, I mean, but I do, what, you know, the reason, the way, the way I crank out my word count, I have, I like, I have all these tricks. I set timers. I dare myself. I dare oh, my wow. writing friends. Like, yeah. I mean, we just, you know, I just have to do something to get started. Task initiation is the um, yeah. fancy word for it, but yeah. what it really means is I procrastinate like a boss, and I have to do things to get going. <laughs> right. Um, and one of the things I'll do is before I start a chapter or whatever, you know, I look at my outline. I think about sort of 
not only what's going to happen, but like what what I usually jot down a few notes. Like what what's the emotion that I'm you know working with here? Like yeah. are we excited? Are we distraught? Are we whatever? Are we you know? And then what's the you know what's the question that I'm both asking, answering, and then asking again because you want to end each scene or part with the question. Right. Like the next one we'll ask for. And so, you know, I get these little notes in my mind. And bear in mind, I write books where nothing happens. <laughs> like, literally, you've never, <laughs> ever tried to amp up the stakes on a book where, where like, the rink falling down is a big plot point or yeah. a neighbor, like, leaving a note is a big plot point. And then just to keep it even more awesome, the next one, they're sitting on a train for a month. I was like, oh, my God, I am boring myself. I can't even <laughs> expect anyone to read this. So that's why I had to make things happen because it was like, there's nothing. There's nothing happening. <laughs> so, Dana, if your publicist is listening... Yeah. <laughs> delete, delete that part. With the, ring, that part. With the ringing. Yes. <laughs> the not-awful book where nothing happens. All right, we're going we're gonna roll that back. And meanwhile, Alice is taping up the hostages in the back yeah. over. <laughs> Alice, <laughs> but with what's fun? What? Um, so let's go. Let's go back to your your writing partners. Yeah. Because that's another yeah. thing I find interesting. With, uh, yeah. Tell me, tell me about your working with writing partners. Yeah, I love my writing partners, and I think if I did not have them, I would not. I, I would. Not, I don't know if I'd be writing books. Um, so I. I have a couple of different writing partners who have become very close friends, but who started as what I refer to as my internet dates mm -hmm. because we met through online writing forums um, mm -hmm. way back when. Yeah. Um, and a couple of them, so there were a whole group of us in various, you, you know, the Absolute Write website, yeah. um, which yeah. is a great resource for mm -hmm. writers who are just, just starting out. Um, there were a group of people who wrote, young adult actually, who met there and we moved off into a different online forum and then some people stayed in touch and some people stopped writing and some people didn't stop writing. But a few of us were all 2014 debuts, mm -hmm. actually. Oddly enough, we were sort of in lockstep through yeah. that, um, including Kate Borman, who wrote Winterkill, a mm -hmm. YA alt history, alternate history that's like Canadian prairies and mm -hmm. Western expansion and creepy stuff, and they're right. awesome. Um, and Rachel Allen, who writes uh, YA as well, who writes contemporary... Um, contemporary YA that's totally hilarious and fun, and uh, and we've we stayed friends, and we've you know used to bounce off some of our writing, mm -hmm. but it became you know one of those things where at various times for various reasons we all were really counting on each other's eyes on something either because you know we had a fast turnaround and our you know our agents were eventually going to read it but not fast enough, or we didn't even want to send it to our agent until we knew that it was as good as it could be, and and so we wound up really. Um, I mean, I would say those two and a couple others. Um, Jen Malone, also a 2014 mm -hmm. um, middle grade NYA writer, but she, um, you know, th these people are in many ways my editors. Um, yeah. And, you know, as you know all too well, publishing is, you know, or not publishing, writing is a, is a very solitary pursuit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I joke that the time I really miss working in an office is Christmas because I get no cookies. Like, nobody's coming, you know, it's the <laughs> holidays in, in big yeah. offices. There's yeah. always, like, the staff room always has or the, mm -hmm. you know, the kitchen or whatever. There's, like, 17 different kinds of cookies. And I sit at home and I'm like, there are no cookies. There's no... You can make your own. I could, but yeah. that's not the point no. at all. all right. no. um, so, unfortunately, these people are in Atlanta and Edmonton and actually one who lives down near Boston. So we don't actually get cookies as often as one might like. But we do... Um, 
we're, you know, we're either online, you know, chatting or we're sending each other work. And, you know, mm-hmm. Kate in particular and I, if you were to ever <laughs> find a thread of our emails, the t- subject lines are things like steaming trial of trash or I can't look <laughs> at it anymore or ugh, over to you or <laughs> like literally those are the subject lines. And we just, so you, you know, send so, it back yeah. and forth. So, so, so not only the, uh, not only the work itself, but also it's, it's just somebody to even vent and just, it's kind of like having Absolutely. that it's, it's having, having an that, office yeah it's like having a remote colleagues. colleague yeah. yeah oh it's huge and yeah. you know and and so to that point i mean it's obviously i really trust and respect their editorial eyes so i'm really grateful when they read it and i'm like what's not working something's not mm-hmm. working and you know they'll be much more able than i to say okay what it seems like is happening here is you're dancing around but not actually digging in like he's sad apparently and you have all this stuff happening but you're never he's never dealing with it he's just like you have descriptions of this and just you know like you gotta say oh good point you know that type of stuff which is hugely helpful to have someone else's eyes but also you know much because we're all in the sort of similar places in our careers whether it's i need to write a two-page synopsis for a movie agent you know what's the format okay well you know my friend did it this way and i can ask her and you know we can do this or um you know ugh somebody asked me for a press release and i don't you know they sent it to me and it sounds really weird to me, but I'm not sure if it's just me being, you know, neurotic. Can you read it and tell me what you think? Or, you know, so all of the part and parcel that, you know, we're dealing with, um, it's just somebody to bounce, bounce all that off with. So the, the writing and the editorial eye is certainly a big part of it, but also it's perspective. It's, you know, my agent is asking, you know, if, if I think this is ready to go out on sub or whether I want to, you know, with these three chapters or should I, you know, do I want to write another hundred pages? What do you think? You know, and they'll read and say, you know, eh, I think I'd write more. I don't think this captures enough, you yeah. know, wh- uh, that type of thing, you know, so it's yeah. hugely useful to have their opinion. I find it extremely interesting um, because it's such a polar opposite of the way, of the way I am. Yeah. You're um, in the cave. Yeah. I mean, I'm literally in the chicken coop. You're I in mean, the coop? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it, and it's not, it's, it's, it's funny because I, everything you just described, I see the value in it and I mm-hmm. see why it would be helpful and useful. And it sounds like, absolutely cringeworthy to me like really? I, yeah, yeah i'm such a hermit like yeah. I, i'm like solely like you know if you put me out on an iceberg somewhere with my laptop i mean that's yeah. how I, like i'm so in my head when i write I yeah have, i have no i don't have any beta readers mm. i don't show anything to anybody i mean mine is i read i read my books to my wife and my kids and yeah that's it yeah and, and then it goes to and then it goes to, to your agent, my agent yeah. and then to the editor um and maybe my, my, I'm sure my books would be better if I actually let other yeah. people see them first. But I don't know. I just it's for me that's not part of the creative yeah. process. Yeah, yeah, um, and it is for me. Um, but I I can't. And part of it is I mean, there's so much of the time. So I'm describing this like very social, constant dialogue that happens with every book, and there is that. But you know, that's it's still twenty percent of the yeah. time, and eighty percent right. it's you know me myself and the big screen looking back right. at me. Right. Um, so you know, I count on that that window to to kind of keep me from going feral like the yeah. cats yeah killing it's, the birds it's, 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 <laughs> so you learned something new I, you already, you already, I think you already suspected. wait i have to i have to give you a cat fact though because you i just a, learned this okay. i do have an interesting cat fact okay cats only meow to humans i knew that i did not know that until yeah. somebody told me a few weeks ago because we have we have three cats and one of them is like chatty chad i mm-hmm. mean he literally will walk up to you and be right up in your grill being like I mean it's peculiar Yeah. and the person who was over our house said did you know that cats only meow to humans they do not and I thought 
the hell is he saying? Yeah. I mean, what is this cat it's, saying? It's because specific he is to, it's specific constantly to you. chatting. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's it's like they they develop their ways of communicating. With well, now their, I'm concerned that he's actually speaking yeah. and has been <laughs> like all this time, and we are just not even not, yeah, getting not, it. Not getting I mean, it. you know, and humans, you know, teach their young, and we eventually communicate with our children and. Is this cat been trying to train us for eight years and I, we've got nothing? Think, because it is so chatty. I think they possess us. I mean, that's. I think they think that the. Yes. And because the other thing that. It, all right, I'm going to up your cat facts. Here we go. Here we go <laughs> again, everybody. Down. <laughs> um, cats, you know how dogs get attached to people and yes. they're territorial, territorial yes, yes, when yes. it comes to people. Cats are attached to you and they're territorial to spaces. So the what mm. what they get attached to is the people who live in their spaces because you're a part of their territory. Um, Interesting. So, that's, so, so like, if they stayed in the house and the humans switched out, they'd be pretty chill. They would with it be, eventually. They'd be pretty. They'd be okay with it yeah. as long as. So it's like when when you talk about if like you're going on vacation, and you do something with your cat, and mm. it's like either leave them home and have somebody come check on them, mm-hmm. or bring them somewhere else. It's yeah. like you're no, actually better off having yeah. somebody come to the space and actually yes. visit with them. Because what to. they really want is the couch. Yeah, they want their saying. couch. They want the couch, not the humans that yeah. love them. Yeah. Um. That is. Yeah. That is actually. I sort of intuitively knew that because we used to take our cat places and yeah. it wasn't awesome. Yeah, he'd rather, um, rather have the house than you. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think I understand yeah. that now. And That's they don't have they don't have collarbones, by the way. Did you know that? I did. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking at me like I'm ridiculous. <laughs> you, you, how many more of these do you have? They have a, they have a I think it's called a floating clavicle, which is why they can squeeze into tiny okay. spaces. Okay, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna have to talk about why you have the cat back. Right, I watched a document. This is this is I'm like I do wa- you work in the chicken coop? Or are you sitting there watching I'm cat waste, I waste a lot of time. <laughs> But, yeah. like not, but I don't watch those like YouTube videos with cats doing oh, stupid things. Who would no, do that no. when you could watch a documentary no, about their floating all, yeah, clavicle? Yeah, the floating clavicle. That's why they That's can, why they through, can like, slither? Little, yeah. Mm. All times. And then the, I won't get into the no. whiskers and all that stuff. <laughs> Believe me, I want to know. <laughs> I, uh, but no, I, I think cats are pretty cool. I think cats are very cool. And yeah. I'm only semi-kidding about thinking a book from the point of view of a cat would, it would be, be interesting. Both yeah. could, potentially hilarious or also potentially just really fascinating. And there was one, of course, Beverly Cleary's Socks. Do you remember that? I, I, yeah, no, I don't remember. So I knew, it was like yeah. from our childhoods-ish. I mean, yeah. it's, it's an older book. But right. it's, told, it's the point of view of a cat whose people have a baby. Oh, and they're not, happy. not thrilled with the with the whole scenario. Yeah, um, and well, it was very well done. Well, middle grade market, you can, you can get away with that. You can get away from writing from the perspective of an animal. Yeah, um, I would like to see a YA written from the perspective of a cat. The, I think it could be really could, funny. Yeah, it actually could. Yeah, you it could actually do could. something in a in a kind of. You or could be, you could almost see like a wimpy kid from the perspective of a cat, like this sort edgier. of this yeah. like wise ass, yeah. cynical yeah. cat who's middle grade slash middle school, like 13, 14 year old humans are just these like Cheeto eating yep. baggy pants yep. sullen little turds and the cats just yep. got <laughs> social commentary on the entire thing yeah, that would be that would be cool that would be pretty funny yeah that would be that would, that would be that would be cool stuff um, anyway well, yeah, we digress we, uh, yeah we're off on a crazy topic now mm-hmm. um, what was I going to tell you another another digression do you watch much TV I don't none at all I or? really don't and I and not because there's not great TV mm. but we don't we don't really have proper TV. We have like a Rube, Rube Goldberg situation with like antennas and. Well, we cut our cable. We just sling, have, yeah, we, yeah yeah we have Netflix in. That's we, about in like yeah. Amazon Prime and all so, that. So stuff. yeah, so yeah, so I don't know. We we um, the short answer is no. I do not yeah. watch much TV. Is there good TV that I should be watching? There's some, there was a show that I watched that you would appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Do you know who... Is it about cats? No, it's not. We're totally <laughs> off about cats. It's, um, do you know who Pamela Adlon is by any chance? Mm-mm. So she is, um, does voiceover work. She's been an actress. She's been around for a long time. Okay. She has a show called Better Things. Okay. And she's a single mom with three daughters. And she's completely like potty foul milk. Yeah. <laughs> and Yay! she's like an actress. She's and my like, people. Yeah, I was going to say you didn't. But um, I, my wife and I just watched the. Better the Things? Series. It's called Better Things. All right. And it, she's hysterical. She's is been it home. on Netflix or one of these? Um, or it is on. It's on streaming. It's on FX, so you can stream it if you have like Sling or something like that. Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah. I never watch it. Yeah, it's on FX. It's, it was, it's, it's, um, it's a sitcom, but it's not like there's no laugh track. Mm. It's all. It's not like yeah. it's like one of the newer, cooler versions of sitcoms. Mm-hmm. Where it's, there are some good. There's good yeah. TV. I mean, there really is good TV. There's good yeah. content happening yeah. out there. Yeah, Louis people C. have often said, "Oh, it's a nice." Good, yeah, so, so it's it's, it's intelligent and yeah. it's it's um it's pretty well done. Oh. But I thought you might appreciate it because yeah, the daughters and the, and the potty and most because of the potty mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I've done pretty well. I you've think. Done, I don't you've know. done great. I'm kind of disappointed. I mean, I almost I've almost slid in myself, but I. I, I'm not really sure where the podcast is going. Like, yeah, as well, far as... I just figure when you're talking about kids' books, you might as well... I mean, I did say S-E-X when talking about a YA book, so I don't know. We might already you, be down you, did, the... you talked about condoms and safe sex. And I all did. Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't think that would be like a deal breaker for think kids so. today, but then again... You wouldn't think so. It's 2017, so... Yeah. Well, I'm going to try to get... I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I may... Because I was... Do, you know, my, the first few episodes of the podcast I did... Yeah, you know, everybody's on their best behavior because you know you get authors on and they're like, mm. <laughs> I have my school visit voice on yes. and I'm gonna yeah. talk about very you know, and then uh, oh, I started to push. I'm starting to like people are starting to actually talk about like their political views a little bit and mm. people say things that are you know like a little more just real. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll, well see we'll get there. Yeah. By, by next year, this podcast will probably be completely off the rails. <laughs> it'll be it'll <laughs> right. be older. Paul talks of cats. <laughs> Podcast. <laughs> Paul talks. Paul and a bunch of friends get loaded in a bar. And I was going to say about, like yeah. drunk history, yeah. except yeah. it'll be drunk Paul and cats, or well, drunk kid lit. Well, you could I, do drunk kid lit. Yeah, I could. I, do, mean, well, I, I do have. Um, I do have I mean, an episode not tonight. I think no. Home. Yeah, you have to go. Um, I have so to you, drive four yeah, children so home, no so it will not be drunk kid lit tonight. I do have an episode planned, which is um, middle-aged men talk about uh, kids' books. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and it's me and a couple of guys. We're going to just go for drinks somewhere and talk about talk about kids' books. Kids' books. All right. Well, that sounds. Yeah, enlightening. Reasonable. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't know how much cat talk will. Come. I guarantee there'll be some. I can just imagine now. You'll be like, "Hey, did you guys know?" <laughs> the, the like, the Come on, Paul. We're talking kids' books. Like, Let me tell you about the birds. <laughs> they know. They know how weird I am. <laughs> I, I'm fascinated by the whole thing. Well, I am going to listen to the podcasts and. Um, and I'm glad listen, to do it. Listen to the podcast. The, the <laughs> podcast of, of yours. Well, at least listen to yours, Dave. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm not going to listen to mine. That's like listening to, to reviews. My voice will sound weird. And no, you're going to sound funny. You've then... been one of the. You've been. You've been fun. This has been great. No, seriously, you're, you're up. You're up in the bar, and 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 again, if I take the filter off you by next time, next time Ooh, your book knows? comes out, we should do it without the filter. All right. Well, really, no. Really... When my book comes out, then I have to have the filter and not call my book awful. I just want to say, though, actually, it is not that I called it awful. I thought it was, and it wasn't. And it turned out to be beautiful. Story. It's Wonderful. And wonderfully, have you have you gotten your usual great reviews yet? For I have not gotten trades? any reviews, so I'm assuming. Um, yeah, the stars will be, the stars will be rolling. The stars in, so. will shine. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I haven't. It hasn't yet gotten reviews. There are advanced reader copies. It comes out in May. And one fun thing that's going on with this book is because it's this cross country train trip. Um, I have them going from Boston to New York, to Greensboro, to Atlanta, to New Orleans, to Chicago, across to Santa Fe, and then into the Grand Canyon, 
and um, the book reads as a kind of unhappy teenage travel guide <laughs> to these places, <laughs> which is which was fun to write. Um, but um, but but there is there's all I, I did a lot of research and I spent a lot of time, you know, with with the environment they were in as well as with these characters. And um, I really want to do something fun. I mean, it was some version of like a, oh, and and then one big plot point is that um, Ladybug, the the little sister, has this figure that she's taking photos of everywhere like that's this whole other thing that's going on which actually is you can't see on a podcast but when we're done I'll show you that is what my family does whenever we go anywhere we bring a guy whose name is Guy unless we go to France <laughs> at which point we named him Guy, Guy. <laughs> so we have photos of Guy or Guy, or Guy. all through um, Ireland all through uh, actually ironically and sadly the one place we went where Guy could have really shown was we went to Nepal and we trekked for a month, and we didn't bring him. You didn't bring him? Why not? I have no idea. I just thought of that right now. So you must but like to travel. You, you guys we do. We do a lot of travel. And a lot of my books that I'm thinking about going forward often take place. And you know, travel takes a big chunk of them because, to me, that always adds an interesting element. So but in any there's event, a, there's a train now. Can you, there's I don't know a train. Hear it in the I, yes, I can hear it, and um, I I feel like I could. I was right back. I mean, I was reading blogs and all these things about um, train travel, and it was really fun to research. But in any event, my point was that when for the launch of this book, I have in mind doing something fun. You should, whether train, I, you should recreate the tour I like should, on a train. I could. I could if I you know felt like leaving everybody and going <laughs> off for weeks. With, with, um, but or I could send around a little figure and make everybody photograph it all oh, around, and, cool. um, which yeah. could be kind of fun. Yeah. Um, that was, yeah, I'll have to think about that. That falls under that marketing. Add, add, to, add to the great list of promotional ideas yeah. that we were talking about <laughs> that, before. Yeah, that I'm never, super good yeah. at delivering on. So um, if you're listening out there and want to take a small Roman figurine and mail it around, feel free to contact Paul and he'll let me know and we'll yeah, come yeah, up with something. I'm, I'm sure I'll be, I'll be deluged with, I have no <laughs> with doubt. responses from my dozens and dozens of listeners. Well, I can't <laughs> wait to see who lets us know they want to do this. Um, in any event, thank you for letting me babble. Oh, um, it was my pleasure. This was, this was the so best fun. hockey carpool ever. I'm going to make you do it again. I'll do it again. Seriously, when your book comes out, we'll actually and do a real... Warm we'll do we'll like go. Yeah, we'll do like a real promo for it and we'll like have a wait, drink this at the wasn't same time. promo when my... I thought that was promoting it. I I said the name of it. The, okay, I actually so just forgot the name so let's of say it, for, literally. No, you did not. I, I was I, about to say I, The Misadventures I, I, of the Family Fletcher. No, that one has been out look, for I wrote years. The, look, I'm, I'm so prepared I am. I wrote oh. the name. He wrote it down. He <laughs> can't read his I handwriting. I don't have my reading it's glasses. called the, <laughs> This would make a good story someday, which, frankly, that would make a good the, story the, uh, someday. <laughs> See? You got it wrong, too. It's, I can't read it. <laughs> we're going to cut it off right here. We're going to just... No, I'm going to get it right. Um... This would make a good story someday. Oh, that was you were. <laughs> you were saying that was the name of the book. <laughs> we're we're done. This would make a good story someday. Dan Nelson uh, Levy. <laughs> What's out in May? Uh, it is out. Yes, yes. This would make a good story someday. Is out in May 2017. And um, what's your what's your web your website your website if anyone wants to check it out? Uh, DanaAllisonLevy.com. That was easy to remember. So, yeah, yeah. Go I, check Dana Allison. Dana Allison Levy. Don't make me spell it because that's never going to go out. well. And Dana, all, all joking aside, um, your books are great. They deserve all the accolades they get. Thank and, you. And um, you were an awesome guest. And I am not kidding when I said I'm going to have you back. I would love to. All right. This was actually really <laughs> it was, fun. It was fun. I'm afraid for your listeners, but I had fun. Well, so. I had fun too. Bye. Bye. Thank you.
That's it for today's episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. As always, Telling Lies to Children was brought to you by, well, nobody. Just me and my guests. One of the nice things about being completely unknown in the vast world of podcasting is that you don't have to listen to me read 10 minutes worth of ads at the beginning and end of every episode. But I hope you'll check out my website, pauldurhambooks.com. There you can find out more about the Luck Ugly series, you can book a school visit, you can shop the newly opened Dead Fish Inn gift shop, or just reach out and say hello. I'd love to hear from you. You can also find links to all of my guests' websites and social media there. So until next time, I wish you happy reading, ugly luck, and I look forward to chatting with you again soon. that woke you up. See you next time.